All right, so today we're here with Peter Harris, founder of University Growth Fund. Welcome back, Peter. He's had a busy quarter. They've just closed four deals they've invested in. Can you tell us how much you invested in those four deals combined? Uh, I could if I remembered. What's your What's your guess? Uh, we probably invested like more than 10% of the fund in the last quarter. We've been really busy. So that would be what number? Are you going to go into more? My goal is to get as much info as P F P out of Peter as I can. That's the only reason why I'm here. <laughs> let's hit your questions. Come on. All right. So today, let's talk about what is carrying venture capital. And also, don't think you got off so quickly. But um, I think a lot of people don't understand how venture capitalists make money. There's these weird terms like carry and management fees. So this would just be a quick session on how do they make money? Because I think when you understand how a VC is incentivized to win, you can then understand you know, if it's a better fit for your business or not and why they may say you no or not. Because I think my guess is saying no is probably the toughest part of your job. Um, I don't know if it's the toughest, but it is, it's not an enjoyable part of what I do. Have you ever had an entrepreneur cry in front of you? <laughs> not had an entrepreneur. Then that's not that tough. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, that's what I said. It's not that tough. Someone crying, they've lost their house, they put everything on the line. Yeah, you know. Never happened. Never happened. You must be me. sending, the, you must be just ghosting people then. Because <laughs> when I was with the Utah Angels, um, an angel investment group, I mean, I'm pretty sure some people might have like come close. Yeah. I mean, look, the, the type of investing we do, uh, we're never going to be the largest investor in a deal. And so and never the lead. So they never are, the lead. So they already know they've like, got funds, the funding. I mean, yeah, to an extent. But like if they're coming to me and dependent on my dollars, as a, like our dollars as a fund mm -hmm. and we're turning them away, like they were already in a real tough spot. You know what okay. I mean? So. All right. Well, let's talk about carrying what it is. So what do you mean when you say like when a VC takes carry? Carry is C-A-R-R-Y, correct? So do you want to talk about how a VC gets compensated in total with management fee and carry? Or do, do we want to just talk about carry? Let's primarily talk about carry, but you could like hint on the other aspects. So a venture and, capitalist makes mm -hmm. money in two ways. The first okay. one is through management fee. And the second way is through carry. Now, theoretically, they should only really be making their money on carry. Okay. Um, and the management fee should just be there to like cover operations. So if you have a hundred million dollar fund and you're charging 2% management fee over 10 years, and the, the, these are, I'm simplifying drastically, like every year you're going to pull 2% of that hundred million dollars. So of the total hundred million or the, the remaining non-deployed cash? Well, it depends on how it's structured and this is where the nuances come. But yeah. like generally, like just for simplicity's sake, you have a hundred million dollar fund, you're going to draw 2% management fee on the, the total hundred million. Okay. So over the course of 10 years, that's like 20 million bucks, right? And that's you, a lot of coin. Lot you're of only money. investing 80 of the... That's right. You're only it's a investing. huge hit right there. Yep. But right also right off the, the bat, bat, you're down 80, You're down 20%. How many... Now, it's not really that high because it, you know, it tapers on and there's... But yeah, right off the bat, you're down quite a bit, right? Okay. From the management fees. And those management fees cover salary and overhead and flights and, you know, all the things that just run day-to-day -day operations of the fund. Okay. Okay. And so to an extent, like a VC is getting paid based on that management fee, right? It pays their salary and their, their, their uh, benefits and those kinds of things. Um, but they don't get to participate in what's called carry until all of the management fee has been paid back, plus all of the money that they've, they've invested, right? And, or in other words, if I have a $100 million fund and I if I take $20 million of that in the management fee and I take $80 million of that and I invest it, I've got to re return the entire $100 million 
before I get compensated with carry. Okay. So in a way, like management fee is almost like a loan from investors to say, hey, here's some money to cover operating expenses. The way we're really going to compensate you, though, is on the carry. And so carry is... Are there VCs that <laughs> don't take a management fee? Um, like Andreessen Horowitz, would they just say, hey, we want to... Maximize carry? No. Yeah. I mean, everybody takes management fee. And a lot of VCs make I mean, a lot are, of their money off management fees. There are some funds where they are the sole LP, and so taking management fee doesn't make sense because they're just... You know, like I'm the investor and then I'm going to take my own money and pay myself. So, um, yeah, so that that sometimes happens. But uh, for, for the most part, yeah, most funds are going to take fee. And you're right. Like some funds take a huge amount of compensation and management fee. Right. If you're managing a billion dollars and you're five guys or five people. Right. Um, and you're charging two percent. That's a big chunk of dough coming out every but, single year to pay you know but also in your operating agreement vcs have operating agreements right is that yeah. what it's called yeah you could still say hey we have the right to take two percent but maybe you only take one percent as management fee which means you could maximize your carry more or do vcs not do that it's less about like maximizing your carry and it's more about reducing how much you have to pay back ultimately right okay if that makes sense because again it's kind of like a loan it's also, I, I assume, fun credit fun credibility. Does showing that you're taking lower management fees helps you raise another fund? I mean, ultimately, your total ROI. Or I mean, kind of, kind of not, right? Like, think about it. If you're an investor in a fund, do you want to invest in a fund that's like, like, being cheap? You want a, a fund that wins. You want a fund that wins, right? So you don't really care if they're being cheap or not, um, as long as like they have the resources that they need to be successful. So if a fund says like, oh, we only charge 1% management fee, but then they have a really hard time attracting really great talent and therefore like have a hard time attracting really great deal flow. And then they underperform like, you're like, well, that was a waste because you don't care as an LP about management fee unless the managers suck and they can't return like all of your money plus a return, right? Okay. That's the only time where management fee really matters. Otherwise, like you're going to get paid back the management fee you paid right mm -hmm. so that brings us to carry okay <laughs> so carry is like getting paid commissions on your investments okay i make a good investment as a fund manager and it performs really well and i generate a massive return for my investors carry is like the percentage of that deal um that gets paid to me like a success fee right okay and typically it's 20 percent of the profits of the fund. So two and 20, 2% management fee, 20% of the profits. Yep. Profits was, are defined as, uh, but you're really just saying not profit, you're just saying. Okay, so if we go back profit. to our $100 million fund example, right? Mm -hmm. wow. if, you only take out, if you only take out 5 million, then you're considering your profit would be 95 million. No, your cost would be 5 million. So you're. So let's assume, going I'm back to my three. $100 million example. Give me a break. I here. draw down. $20 million in fees, right? Okay. So that's gone. Now I've got $80 million to invest. Okay. Um, and, and what I could do is I could do what's called recycling, which a lot of funds do. So but it's like I make an investment and it performs well and I get money back. And then I take that money I got back, both the, the principal I put in plus the profits from that investment, and I reinvest it into other deals. So a lot of funds are able to get from hundred million minus management fees, then they reinvest, they recycle capital back up to hundred million. So let's say most I, companies are, don't they do they are they recycling or are they just um 
they're returning the funds and then the the lps are saying let's reinvent like no 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 the fund will actually they won't distribute back to lps they'll just take the money comes back to them and they immediately push it back out to another investment that's called recycling but okay so for for simplicity's sake Mm -hmm. let's say i have my hundred million dollar fund and i take that hundred million dollars and i three x it okay like so now i've turned it into three hundred million dollars right well first thing that happens is right off the bat the first hundred million is going back to my LPs first, right? Mm-hmm. I don't get any of that. So if the if the carry is exactly ninety, or the return the the fund is closed and returns exactly ninety eight million. No, we're assuming you that the fund returns. Yeah, in your case, right. you get three hundred million. But in this case, if it was only ninety eight million, you would get nothing. To I would carry. get nothing. But if it's three hundred million, so you three hundred million, split. the first hundred million goes back, right? Okay. And then every dollar above that hundred million gets split eighty twenty. Okay. So if I returned. You know, if I if I made my hundred million dollar fund into a three hundred million dollar total return to investors, then I'm gonna walk home with twenty percent of the two hundred million, so forty billion, and that's ultimately how I should be compensated as an investor. Okay, how is that carry divided up in a firm? Like, let's just say there's the the carry was ten million. Yeah. On the fund, that the fund gets. Yeah. So every firm is a little bit different. Uh, but carry is generally paid to the general partners of the fund. Only the general partners? It doesn't have to be, but... But generally. But generally. So if someone's a um, an analyst... So typically analysts and associates don't receive carry. Okay. I did not know that. Some do, some don't, but it's pretty rare. Usually it's a non-carry position. You basically, in a venture fund, you have two tiers of uh, people that work at a fund. You have... Um, Partners and you have non-partners, right? Okay. So non-partners are going to be analysts, associates, um, secretaries, CFOs, right? Like those types okay. of individuals. A CFO would not get uh, would not get carry. Probably mm-hmm. not. Okay. Um, now, granted, every firm's a little different, so mm-hmm. like I can't make a blanket statement there. Okay. But um, but yeah, like you have, for lack of a better term, like support staff. Right. Mm-hmm. And they're getting paid a salary. And usually and oftentimes it's they're getting paid very well. Right. They don't have access to carry. The next tier is partner or partner track. So that would be like uh, vice president or principal partner, managing partner, managing director, director. Right. All those types of titles. Those will typically have carry. OK. And when I say partner track. Right. It's like if I'm a principal, the idea is I've been brought in. I'm going to get some carry. But really. The long-term goal is for me to become a general partner in the fund and share more heavily in the carry. And there are some firms where it's like only the general partners get the carry. Okay. In terms of how it gets split up, again, that varies, right? So this is a big debate within venture funds. And, and one of the issues that that causes in venture funds to implode or to struggle is because the senior partners that have been the, at the fund the longest, right? They're like, well, I deserve a bigger share of the carry. Mm-hmm. Even if they're not necessarily driving the value today, right? Okay. Because they're, you know, they're kind of on the beach. They made their money, blah, 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 right? Um, and so it requires, and, and then you have the junior guys, and they're the one, and women, and they're the ones that are out there, like, hitting, you know, pounding the pavement, sourcing the deals, doing the diligence, uh, and rolling up their sleeves, and they get a smaller cut of the carry. And so oftentimes what you see happen is, that that junior layer, if they don't feel like they can eventually uh, get up to the top layer, they'll leave and they'll go to either another firm or they'll start their own firm. Okay. And so that's that's very common within the industry. It's probably pretty hard to become a a principal though at a fund, right? It is pretty hard. Yeah. 
is it harder to get into the NBA or to become a principal? That's a good question. Um, what What's I have heard is there are as many jobs in professional sports as there are in venture capital. Okay. So probably equally as hard. Okay. Know. So if you made well, it, you and if go you good. think about it this way, like that's in all venture capital. So if you scrape out like all the support staff, so analysts and associates and everything else, I mean that probably makes up. A, I don't know, at least a third, maybe two thirds of the industry from a employment number. So okay. cut your, your numbers in half there. Okay. What's a hurdle rate and does it affect Gary? So sometimes funds will have a hurdle rate. And um, the way a hurdle rate works is like, you don't have to return just the hundred million. You also have to hit some sort of hurdle before you start getting carry. So maybe it's like 5%. So I got to return $105 million if it's simple. Or if it's compounding, then it's, you know, a 5% IRR that you've got to hit. And so it could end up being like $150 million mm -hmm. you have to return before you get carried. But then you have uh, you have catch-up clauses. So the way those work is I get, let's say I return the $150 million. Every dollar that gets returned about the $150 million then gets paid to the VCs. Mm -hmm. to catch them up on a carry basis until they get 10 million, which would be 20% of the 50. Okay. So you think about it this way, like the first 150 goes out to LPs, then the next 10 million after that gets paid out to VCs exclusively, mm -hmm. and then anything above 160 gets paid out 80-20. Okay. What about clawback? Does clawback affect the hurdle rate? Yeah, so clawback occurs in, in one of two cases, well, in two different cases. So there are two different ways that carry gets paid, like when carry gets paid out. There's the American waterfall and there's the European waterfall. Okay. So under an American waterfall, it's on a deal by deal basis. So every deal, like let's say we invest in Spotify and Spotify goes from, you know, a million dollars investment to $10 million investment, right? Well, our check on a carry perspective on that under an American waterfall would be 20% of that 9 million. Right. Okay. So one point eight million dollars. And then we get like when that happens, we get paid that back. And then like our next deal would exit and we, you know, and so on and so forth. If you have a successful fund, it doesn't really matter if you do European or American, like you're gonna get paid back. You're gonna make the same amount of carry at the end of the day. American tends to be European, on the other hand, you have to return all the the whole hundred million that you invested. That all has to be returned first before you get a single dollar as a VC. So ultimately, like on our example, if you have a fund that's 100 million turns into 300 million, you're still going to get the same 40 million of carry under both models. Mm -hmm. But under American, you're going to get paid sooner. Okay. Right? Under European, you're going to get paid later. Under American, it's more risky because what if Spotify does really well and then every other company we invest in fails? Mm -hmm. Well, I just cashed out $1.8 million in carry. Okay. And then I lost all the rest of my, my investors' money. Right. So now they're ticked, right? They're like, well, you shouldn't have been compensated for that because you lost all of our money on all your other deals. So what they'll do is they'll have clawback provisions, which mm -hmm. basically say, hey, you know that 1.8 million that we gave you? Yeah, well, you lost all the rest of our money, so we want that 1.8 back. Okay. Right, so that's a clawback. So in the, the Spotify example, when uh -huh. that check's paid out, yep. as a VC, do you not actually spend the money then? Because that would be like, or does that go into like well, a special you could, fund? You could spend it, but then you're still going to be on the hook if your other investments don't pan out. So okay. So what do what would you, 
most VCs, let's not ask about what you would do, but what most well, we VCs don't, do. Well, most VCs don't operate under an American waterfall system. Okay. That's mo- mostly private equity funds do that. And okay. the reason they don't is because it's kind of risky, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, private equity tends to be less risky than venture. Okay. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I think some VCs, they invest it. Some VCs spend it. Some VCs hold it. I mean, I don't. I honestly don't know because that's not a problem that I've had to deal with. Okay. So the other clawback provision that exists is in a European waterfall, you do get paid out. Oftentimes, you're going to get paid out a little bit early. Uh, and that's because as a VC, you have different tax obligations because your fund is performing really well, hopefully, right? But it's all paper gains. And so, but you, because of the way you get compensated, right? Like there's this like almost like phantom carry that's out there. And so you have to pay taxes on it. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes what VCs will do with their LPs is negotiate, hey, let's get compensated. Like give us enough to just cover our tax burden, right? Mm-hmm. And then once the returns actually come in, like then we'll settle up at that point. Uh, and so, if, but if the returns don't end up coming in, then there could be a clawback to pull back that money that they paid you for taxes. But okay. it's really rare. So what's going to happen if, if the Federal Reserve gets their way and you can be taxed on unrealized capital gains? That's going to that, suck. Would that affect VCs? Yeah, it could. Because cool. VCs, at a minimum, VCs are investors in their own funds. Mm-hmm. And then you would be subject to the capital gains rules. Yep. And so. And then if you make it worse and you say that carried interest, well, carried interest is currently taxed at capital gains rates. Okay. You could also be taxed on that as well. So if they're trying to target people like specifically like Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk, a lot of VC funds inherently are going to get caught up in that. Yeah, potentially. a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of VC funds. I don't think it's a good move. I, well, think I don't think it's a good move, a but it's a amount of pain. I had a big like mind moment. I'm like, whoa, yeah. that would that would stifle innovation in America. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. All right. I mean, not to go off on a tangent here, but how do you pay taxes on something that you? you haven't actually received. And why would you then buy stock that would be subject to unrealized gains? Yeah. Just just move. Jeff Bezos will move. Everybody will move. Okay. Well, what they'll do is they'll just vote their politicians out of the office and put in new ones and it'll get reversed. Okay. I mean, here's the thing. At the end of the day, if you haven't figured this out yet, the rich are never going to pay taxes because they'll figure out ways to not pay taxes. Mm-hmm. It's the rest of us schlubs that are, have to figure it out on our own moment of silence <laughs> all right thanks guys make sure you ask questions below if you got questions for peter or myself again this is peter harris with the university growth fund john bradshaw and like and subscribe and we'll see see you again soon thanks <laughs>